Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Self Daily Podcast. Consider this a rest stop along the winding, often challenging path of being both a human being and a spiritual being, a place to rest your mind and heart and feel not alone in the process of remembering who you came here to be. I'm Karina Davey, and together we'll explore awakening, healing, mindful, embodied living, and so much more. Thank you for being here in your full humanness and your bright inner light. Welcome to Higher Self. Happy Monday, everyone. Today, we have a question from the community. A listener asks, how do I heal a blocked root chakra? From my understanding, the root chakra develops between zero to five years old. I lost my mom to suicide when I was only nine months old. I also understand that Chiron, my wounded healer, sits in my second house of self-worth, so it's really been a challenge. I'm struggling in relationships with security and safety. I'm really proud of how far I've evolved, but in order to be my best version, I truly struggle with that. I have a resilient heart, but with lots and lots of grief. I would like to invite everyone who is listening to send this person love and compassion and strength. You can place your hands on your heart or out in front of you and imagine the energy of holding, loving, and caring, reaching her and supporting her in exactly the ways she wants and needs. Breathe into your hands and send that love out, trusting that it's reaching her in the perfect time, in the perfect way. And for the one who asked this question, see all of that support and love coming to greet you. And if you like, you can invite it to wrap around you like a big group hug or a warm blanket. You can breathe it in if you like and invite it to go anywhere in your heart, body, mind, or soul. Take a few breaths here dropping into your heart. I want to say that I am so deeply sorry about the loss of your mother and at such a young age. It makes perfect sense that there would be this weight of unimaginable grief. Matt Kahn says, grief is feeling the love our heart didn't get to give. So if it feels okay, just for a few moments, place your hands on your heart and acknowledge this love that just wants to be channeled towards your mother. I've heard it said that grief doesn't necessarily shrink, but that we grow around it. It becomes a creative force in our lives, a way in which we get to be soft, deeply compassionate to all those who have had a loss and that shapes how we move through the world. This doesn't have to be a fault or a barrier to the life we want to live. It can actually be a guiding force that we can embrace. One of my favorite examples of this is John Wineland. He is an amazing teacher of relationships and 
He lost his daughter to a terminal illness when she was only 22. That grief shows up in his work as this incredible vulnerability that can be really rare to see in a man. He has this deep appreciation for the feminine that he then teaches to others as a way to deepen in relationship and embodiment. In a lot of ways, I don't think he would be the impactful, resonant teacher that he is without that story of grief woven through his teaching. I'm also reminded of a quote, the stone the builders rejected became the cornerstone. Right, like, as much as it hurts, those traumas are part of us. They become integral to the structure and spirit of the home, of ourselves. Pain shapes us, and it's up to us to decide what we will do with it. Will it make us bitter? Probably, at first. Can it also make us better? If we choose it, absolutely. I want you to know that you are perfect as you are in this moment right now. If you did no more healing or repair, you would still be completely lovable, valued, worthy, and enough. And you are being called to heal, to repair, Let's talk a little bit about the root chakra. The root is our base or foundational energy center. And many people sense that it resides at the base of their pelvis or in their feet. Sometimes in the legs, but you know, somewhere in the lower body. I always encourage everyone to feel into where the root feels like it is for you. The root is associated with the color red and the element of earth. It is our tribal chakra. And it is where the encoding of tribe, family, belonging, safety, and home live. And damn near everyone has root chakra struggles, so please know you are not alone in this. The root's ultimate state is, I am safe, said with absolute relaxation and complete and utter knowing that it is the infallible truth. However, The trauma we've experienced has us believe that it's not true, that some part of us isn't safe either in the world or with people. I imagine there's a fear in you somewhere that doesn't trust people to stay or is afraid that someone will abruptly leave, either by choice or accident. That's a really valid fear after losing your mother. I would encourage looking into somatic experiencing to be able to unwind some of this trauma from your nervous system as much as possible. You can go to somaticexperiencinginstitute.com, click on their directory and find a practitioner. You can work with someone online or near you. On your healing journey, I would seek some mantras that speak to you. Some that might fit that come to mind are, she couldn't stay, but that doesn't mean that's true for everyone. It is safe for me to be here. It is safe for me to trust. It is safe for me to love. And if those feel a bit off and prickly, (laughs) like, "Ah, I want them to be true, but they don't feel true, you can reword them or try them as what-if questions. And this is great for any mantra that you want to fit, but it just doesn't feel quite right. So that might sound like, what if I'm safe? What if it's safe for me to trust that person? 
What if it's safe for me to be here? What if it's safe to love and be loved? What if it's safe to totally give my heart in a relationship? Or to want to work up to that point? I also imagine that there's some anger, guilt, or shame surrounding her death. And for that, it would probably be helpful to work through those emotions with a therapist, preferably someone who's trained in polyvagal theory or EMDR. Doing root chakra work can also make a huge difference. Wearing colors like brown and red, focusing on rooting and grounding practices like walking barefoot, seated meditation, visualizing growing roots deep down into the earth, spending time in nature, resting against a tree, or laying on the ground. A few years ago, some teacher friends and I led a series of workshops on the chakras, and the first one we did was about the root chakra. I wasn't teaching this one, so I got to go and attend. I remember walking into the room with this all too familiar feeling of, is it okay that I'm, that I'm here? Am I allowed to be here? This meek, terrified version of myself. And I carried that sense of not belonging everywhere I went. In working with the mantras, crystals, visuals, and grounding practices, I was able to unwind a lot of the ingrained beliefs that I had related to my root chakra. The next time that we did this workshop, a couple months later, I walked into the room feeling like a different person, like completely liberated. So don't underestimate how much can move in a short period of time. My favorite resource that I found on chakras in general and the root especially is the book Energy Anatomy by Carolyn Miss. I remember listening to the audiobook, hovering over my phone in the kitchen as it played, and having to pause every 20 seconds just to say, wow, <laughs> and then re-listen to what she just said. It's an incredible work. This listener also mentions that Chiron is in Taurus in their second house. Chiron is the wounded healer. It represents our deepest core wounds. Taurus is at home in the second house. They are both ruled by Venus and are associated with home, values, pleasure, earth, uh, money, material possessions, self-worth, and beauty. Taurus in the second house is an amazing placement and it often brings wealth, beautiful features, and a deep well of pleasure in one's life or ability to access deep pleasure. Let's not overlook that. That's an incredible placement that sets someone up for a really beautiful life. Astrology is so amazing and can be quite literal, and this is one of those cases. So when we dig a little deeper and we look at Chiron and Taurus in the second house specifically, it is the wound of loss, death, and finality. There can be a fear of what the future holds and a pretty profound dysregulation when faced with uncertainty. Now here's the thing, it sets the person with this placement up for a life that has a primary focus of healing. Assuming that every placement in our chart is ours in this life for a reason, why might someone have a life focused on healing? Maybe they are supposed to heal others. This is how healers are initiated. They first encounter some wound or illness or struggle 
that is so deep it requires their attention and that usually the typical ways that they would go about getting help for this, for whatever reason, don't work for them. And so they embark on a journey of having to heal themselves. Now, one thing that I want to say is that just because someone's life has predisposed them to focus on their healing, that doesn't mean that that will be the case forever. When we embark on a healing journey, it can feel like our entire life is oriented toward that. And it it really can be for a while. It can feel like, oh God, this is all I do. (laughs) This This takes up so much mental space and time and energy. And I've got to go to all these appointments and take all these supplements and do all these things. It can feel like a full-time job to heal ourselves. But it won't feel that way forever. Some wounds may not find completion. There may be a residual grief or challenge that we interface with throughout our lives. But that doesn't mean that just because healing is required, that that's all you're going to do or that it's going to feel the way it feels right now, forever. You will find yourself in a place where so much has moved, released, integrated, and healed that you get to just live your life. And you don't have to be so consumed by the healing process anymore. I would say to this person, focus on your healing. Go where you feel called, which it already sounds like is astrology and chakra work, energy medicine and primal wounds, which is like a really cool tree to be barking up. And trust that your life gave you this relationship to these subjects for a reason. And you get to make the meaning out of that. Don't be surprised if a little while down the road, you find yourself healing others too. Thank you for listening and spending this time with me. If this impacted you in some way, please share this episode, whether that's on social media or sending it to someone you thought about while listening. I would love to connect with you on Instagram or TikTok, and my handle for both of those is at Karina.davy. If you'd like to connect more intimately, you can join me in the Higher Self Sanctuary, a virtual village where I lead weekly meditations, workshops, women's circles, community gatherings, and more, alongside my partner, the incredible master coach, Jacob Metzger. To check out the sanctuary, you can go to www.higherself.earth. It's also linked in the show notes. And if you'd like to work with me one-on-one, you can book a session at karinadavy.com. You'll also find information there about courses, in-person retreats, and other offerings. If you're enjoying this podcast, leave a review so that we can reach more of the people who are looking for this space. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a beautiful day.